Hello and welcome to the Wonder Baba podcast. My name is Sheena Mitchell. I'm a pharmacist and mum of three. I combine healthcare and practical advice to help you on your parenting journey. If you enjoy listening to a Wonder Baba podcast, I'd be really grateful if you could follow or subscribe and leave a review. It really helps to support the show. Thank you. I am delighted to partner with one of my all-time favorite products, Salon Plus. This is the world's first 100% natural dry salt therapy device. It's clinically proven to relieve a wide variety of allergens and respiratory conditions. This salt therapy method has been trusted for generations and has become hugely popular worldwide as more and more people recognize the superb results achieved from a natural and non-invasive method. This device will help you breathe easier and sleep better. Today I'm joined by Laura Dowling, aka The Fabulous Pharmacist. Laura is the founder of the Fabu range of supplements and in 2022 she won the Pharmacist of the Year Award at the IPN Awards. Laura loves all things nutrition, yoga and cooking. Laura's fascination with the wonderful powers of plants, herbs and mushrooms from around the world show that nature and science can work together in harmony. Today myself and Laura discuss why we've chosen to get our children vaccinated for flu. I thought it would be interesting for people to get the perspective of two different pharmacists. We chat all about the benefits and risks and how easy it is for children to receive. Talk about the greater benefits in our communities and overall explain how it works and what we think the pros and cons are. I hope you find this chat really interesting and I hope it helps to give you a bit of clarity on something that is being talked a lot about at the moment. So thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. I hope you're keeping well. So welcome. Yeah, I'm I'm great. It's actually a nice day today. It is. It's freezing though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm cold. I'm Mm. cold. And I think that it has very quickly gone from summer to winter. I don't know where autumn's gone. And definitely we can see with the rise of all of the regular, I suppose, viruses associated with common cold, like rhinovirus and enterovirus, which is normal for those to be up at this time of year. It's definite that, yeah, winter bugs are kicking in early this year. Have you seen a lot of it out and about? Yeah, I have. And, you know, we've snotty noses in our own house, actually, at the minute. So, and I think as well, isn't it to be considered maybe that we've been masked up for the last few winters? So, you know, there's going to be bugs going around that people probably haven't been exposed to. Yeah. So people need to maybe be aware of that as well. You know, properly, you know, something that we need to consider. That, yeah, that is quite an important one because I know looking at the figures, RSV is up like last year, basically, it was up at a really high rate after, you know, I suppose not having figures and, you know, even against pre-COVID figures, it was just so much higher than expected. And this year it's actually up about another 10 to 15 percent based on the last two weeks. So RSV is the virus that causes bronchiolitis, basically, for people who aren't aware, which is the leading cause of hospitalizations in children at this time of year due to respiratory illness um, causes horrendous inflammation in the airways and can cause a difficulty breathing. So, you know, I think the fact that children normally would have had that disease before they're two, and as you've said there, they didn't get that automatic immunity because they weren't exposed to it during lockdown. And now maybe they're those children to and up getting a little bit sicker because they don't have that. Yeah, it's quite distressing as a parent when your child has difficulty breathing. Like I know even myself, even though I would have 
you know, very much at the wherewithal about what to do when they are that little bit wheezy or when they are sniffly. It's very scary, particularly the younger they are, because they seem to not be able to catch their breath sometimes, especially when they're a little bit distressed. So I can understand how a mum or dad would be a little bit, would be very worried when their child uh, succumbs to something like agoraphy. I know it's awful. It is. It's one of those really frightening ones. Obviously, we're here today to talk all about the flu vaccine and children. And what are we? I didn't know that. Did, I don't like did, the flu vaccine. Did no one send you a memo? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. Heritage, Tina. It's all I talk about during the winter. <laughs> like, get your child vaccinated. I know. And do you find? So this is what's really interesting. Do you find? And we can talk about the merits of it now in a minute. But do you find it's a hard sell? Do you feel like you have to work her harder than you should to convince people? So maybe uh, the first year that it came out, people were a little bit, mm, what is this? You know, but certainly like last year, I vaccinated 500 kids. Yeah. In and out. It was like literally a revolving door. So I think people are a lot more aware of it. And I suppose people don't want their kids being out of school you know, with the flu, because it can, they can be out for up to a week with flu symptoms. Um, and then I think since the onset of COVID, we are a lot more aware about how, what we do to manage our own health can actually have a knock on effect on the rest of our family, particularly our grandparents. So there's a lot more awareness about how we can help protect those people and even little kiddies with, that are vulnerable that are, that would have kind of a lot more tendencies to get quite ill with flu vaccine, you know, like Down syndrome children and uh, other people with like lung issues, etc., like cystic fibrosis. So yeah. there's definitely a lot more awareness now. Um, but, but maybe it is a little bit of a hard sell um, in terms of, you know, people want to know and quite rightfully, you know, what are the what are the cons of doing this? Yeah. And I think actually the COVID vaccination drive you know, helped create a lot of awareness about how vaccines work and how they benefit us. So maybe if a lot of people are more vaccine aware and open minded to the benefits of, as you said, preventing something. Flu, we tend to think, oh, sure, do you know, it's it's just a flu. But flu over the last 10 years has caused 5000 children to be hospitalised. And and that's just in Ireland with 200 ending up in intensive care and 40 ultimately dying of complications flu, which is horrendous. And as we know from COVID, if it's something you can prevent, like there's just no need to not get the vaccine. We can talk a little bit more about the cons in a minute. Um, but yeah, I know even this year now we're getting an awful lot of calls about it and people certainly seem to be more proactive. I know the Asthma Society were saying that really it's something that should be kind of included in the childhood schedule, like just done as a regular thing. But on, on a yearly basis, yeah. Well, I think the fact that the government, I think when the first year they brought it out, it was only free up to the age of 12, wasn't it? Yeah. And then then they quickly changed their minds and then they, they made it free up to the age of 17. So I think the fact that it's free and freely available and you can, you know, technically walk into your pharmacy and get it. Obviously, we wouldn't encourage you to walk in. You need to make it <laughs> You need to make an appointment, guys. Please do. But, Please you know, make an vaccine, you know, we can do it in, in GP surgeries as well. So there's there's many routes for people to be able to get it. And then obviously with pharmacies, opening hours being yeah. significantly higher than, say, GP surgeries even. You know, we, we're easily accessible late at night and at the weekends and stuff like that. So I would I would say that that's probably the reason for the increase as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it is. That's one thing we really have is 
I suppose, our ease of access. And mm. of course, there are times where someone will walk in and look for it and have the child with them. And if you can do them, you you can. But like, obviously, with the booster program going and everything, it's kind of manic. So definitely. Well, it's so, but the thing about it is, is that the flu vaccine itself is really easy to do. Like, it's just a little nasal uh, spray up each nostril. And then the kitty's done. It's the admin afterwards. So I... You know, and I always had my my pre-med students were always the ones that were doing my 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 admin. That's but if you can have someone dedicated. <laughs> yeah. What did you learn while doing your pre-med, Laura? Well, I learned how to properly. <laughs> I learned how to do all the admin for the flu back. Um, but the the reality is is that once you have a really good you know tech or front of shop person that can do that for you as the pharmacist you really just need to go in and give it to the people and just mind them you know for the few minutes and I think because of the COVID rollout we've all increased our capacity do you know I know in my own pharmacy in Milltown like we have additional staff because we're just constantly vaccinating and initially we were trying to do it with existing staff just working a bit extra but clearly that's not sustainable or fair on everyone so I'd imagine a lot of pharmacies are geared up for the winter well, I season. think when people are have, when when they want to do the vaccines and if they have a vaccine program, they try and make sure that they they do it with the correct amount of staff. Uh, you know, I even know pharmacists say that do it on Thursdays and Tuesdays only, yeah. and they will have their extra staff on those days. But I do know pharmacies that just say they just don't have the capacity this year. Yeah, so they're not doing them, and that's understandable as well with all the other stuff that's going on. So I think that it's important that uh, people phone up their pharmacy to see if they're doing it first and foremost. But then, yeah, get, do get it done. And you can you can go in after school, you can go in your lunch, you know, it's really simple. You mentioned there that it's a nasal vaccine and it's really so non-invasive, isn't it? It's literally just a little spray in each nostril. Like I always find that I'm asking kids, oh, I just want to see what you think this smells like, do you know? And it's so funny, the answers you oh, get that's back. that's cute. Yeah, oh, I just, I'm much more aggressive. I just go in <laughs> and do I'm only less than no. They're all very pin them down. I've only had I've only ever had two meltdowns, mm. and I think it was more that um, it was the build up to it mm-hmm. rather than actually the you know the big scary pharmacy. I think maybe you know, and if parents just say to their kiddies, "Look, we're just going to get you the two vaccines, really quick and simple. It's just up the nose. It's just like blowing your nose, but opposite." Yeah, and it's fine, and they're, and they're fine. What you were saying there is really important about. The mum may be preparing the child a little bit because and not yeah. stressing themselves. I find if the mum, obviously, children just absolutely absorb our own emotions. And so if you're calm and cool and casual about it, yeah, they'll find it much easier and less stressful. Like and some people, you know, do the bribery thing. They say, oh, you know, we'll go to McDonald's or we'll get you a little treat afterwards. But sometimes in, in a way that's almost like building up to be something massive as well. You know, I think almost just let's just go into the pharmacy, get your flu vaccine when we got hers. Sometimes the whole family comes in as well. It's great because they see the mum and dad being jabbed in the arm and they realise they only have to get it up the nose, which is wonderful. And there's great crack about that. You're like, how brave is your daddy? Let's see. I, I know. Yeah, it's brave. And you can laugh at him. I think, look, many kids um, will be happy to have the opportunity to have a bit of a <laughs> So in terms of side effects, it's really quite straightforward. And I was just saying this to someone earlier. I think actually the science behind this is amazing. So this vaccine is obviously attenuated, so weakened, but it's also altered so that it can only replicate in cold temperatures. So we're administering it into the nose and it is a live vaccine. So it'll replicate away within the nose but as soon as it enters your body 
it's killed. Like it, it can't replicate, can't work. I just think that's amazing. I love telling the kids that. I'm like, this gives you flu of the nose, but nowhere else. <laughs> and it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the science behind it is really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And like as a result, then I suppose, okay, you can get a bit of congestion or whatever. But I, I don't know about you. I certainly rarely, you know, hear people suffering with side effects after it. There's never any complaints. No, no, maybe a little spoonful of Calpol is all people need or a bit of ibuprofen or something like that. If they do experience, you know, a little bit of a headachey, can't they get maybe a little slight headache? Is yeah. that one of the symptoms? Yeah. Sometimes. But yeah, usually they get on very well with it. Or the people realise that you don't get the flu by getting the flu vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, because I think that's a big question that people have because it's a live vaccine, that there's maybe concern about that. But it actually just promotes a better immune response. It's not that it's any more risky, really. Yeah. Of course, there's certain groups that can't have live vaccines, like people, children with extremely weak immune systems or those with living with patients, for example, who've had bone marrow transplants and the whole thing about asthma. So this is where it gets a bit interesting, I suppose, in that if your child has very severe asthma, they should probably get the injection version, particularly if they're having a flare up and been on steroids in the last three days or had to use their inhalers more frequently. Why is that, Sheena? Is that because of the fact that it's a live vaccine? Yeah, so I suppose its potential to cause side effects and complications is greater in those patients, whereas with the QIV, it's not. So I know we have a few patients now who, you know, I've had to give annual injection flu vaccines too because say their immune system just wouldn't be capable of coping with a live vaccine but that's extremely unusual and that's the exception and for asthmatics it's the same thing if they're going through a flare-up you don't want to trigger I suppose symptoms to worsen um, and potentially an asthma attack Um, but in the most case and this is where it's like people will hear that and then go oh god I'm worried about getting my asthmatic vaccinated but it really is highly recommended because the complications you know one in five kids have asthma in Ireland it's very rare that you'd have one that wouldn't be able to get the nasal vaccine so if their asthma is controlled at all they should definitely get the nasal vaccine and it can help to prevent like pneumonia bronchitis um even encephalitis so 100% worth doing but yeah like and this is the thing like you know yourself Laura like we kind of run through all of this in the pharmacy with the parent at the time just to make sure that they're you know not suffering from severe flare-up of an asthma condition or do you know that they're not taking aspirin or anything like that i think that when um if kids are experiencing flare-up of asthma though they're generally not able to come into the pharmacy anyway so you know i always just tell the parents just to hold off and wait until they're a little bit better but yeah i um and I know of some schools that are actively kind of encouraging it as well because they just want less kids out and the teachers not to be sick either because obviously it spreads. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's a, it's a definitely an important thing in terms of infection awareness because as we saw, a lot of teachers were unhappy, which is fair, about, I suppose, being under pressure to turn up to school when, you know, they hadn't had vaccines and stuff. So I suppose anything we can do to make their lives easier because we don't know who they have sick at home or what conditions they may have themselves. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's important. I think that all came out with COVID as well. You just didn't know who had underlying conditions that you were working with. Yeah. Or that you were in contact with. Isn't that right? That is absolutely it. I know even myself, I actually got the flu in 2020 
And because I think I shared just this during the week, I have an autoimmune form of arthritis. So I'm on biologics, which are immunosuppressive. And one of the kids came home with flu and I kind of thought nothing of it. And, you know, you're snuggling on the couch or whatever. Anyway, within 48 hours, I was in hospital for nine days with severe oh neutropenia. It was horrendous. And I, I've had good fortune with health and would not be kind of a dramatic person and it just really rapidly deteriorated and I didn't even know that I would have that response to flu myself so you know I was like jeepers just get the vaccines in now unfortunately and this is another good point there are obviously two different types of flu covered in all of the vaccines whether it's nasal or injection so you've got your type A and type B and type B tends to be milder Although I will disagree with that because that's what landed me in hospital. But type A is what's around now and it has yeah. started earlier this year. It's like, no, yeah, like, Definitely. I don't think there was any cases recorded up to this point last year. And there's already a significant number up on the HPSE website. So it's starting earlier and, you know, people have this opportunity. I think now is the time to go get it because it'll offer a lot of protection against that flu A that's going around the B tends to come later in the year in most cases and can be milder but it actually affects children more so that's an interesting thing because that's your kind of January February March you know the kids are out a lot with sickness then and you kind of tend to blame it on it's been a long old winter and we're all worn out and tired but what happens is our, is our vaccines start to wane because different mutations of flu B come about that aren't necessarily covered in the vaccine you know that's one of the really tricky parts and that's what happened to me I know mine was a mutant flu B I'd been vaccinated so do you think then that like I mean it's a good idea though for parents to get their their children vaccinated as soon as possible though to cover them for as much of the winter as it can isn't that right yeah absolutely because it's going to take two weeks to work so this is where it's tricky as pharmacists because obviously you want to get everyone vaccinated as soon as possible but obviously there's a capacity issue so yeah I think Parents can be proactive. And I know we were vaccinating people right up in November, you know, at the same level as we had been in October last year. And like the peak of flu tends to happen around Christmas. So I think for kids, it's like, let's not take any risks on them missing the last few days of school and Christmas jumper day and be miserable yeah. for Christmas. So the earlier, the better, really. But just to get yeah. it booked in. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And then are you doing um, flu vaccine and COVID at the same time then for adults in yeah. your pharmacy? Yeah, there's a lot of, so it's like at the moment, I feel like <laughs> people come in for their COVID booster, whether it be the over 65s who are currently eligible for their third booster or, or the over 50s are immunocompromised who, you know, like are getting second boosters and additional doses. So you know, you're kind of like, did you get your flu vaccine? And it's really funny. Everyone's like, no, give me it. And you're like, OK. And it's important to say that it's it's not causing any worsening of side effects, really, from what I can see yeah. in my patients. We d do tend to do one in each arm unless completely unavoidable, like, say, if someone's had. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so we've done quite a few in one arm for that reason. But in general, it's one each and people are just happy because then, look, we're all time poor. You know, you're in and you're out. I find it interesting this year and OK, it completely depends on area. So obviously we're in Dublin six and a lot of people, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, I can't speak for every pharmacy, but a lot of people are choosing 
to go in and get vaccinated even though they're not eligible so for private vaccination because yeah. they're they're not asthmatic they don't have a risk group but like you said earlier they're just more conscious of their community and workplace around them and they just think look I'll just get this done because you know maybe I'm going to be seeing a lot of my mum and she tends to get you know respiratory issues or has COPD or whatever and I think that's really positive I think like you said there people are taking a lot more active role in their wellness yeah 100% people just don't want to be bloody well sick because we've had such a shocking few years now with illness and sick I don't think anyone has got away with not being touched by COVID in some way shape or form be it themselves or family members or friends and we've been stuck at home for so long from with work. Well, not you and I <laughs> were in there the whole time. But, you know, people that can now go into work probably want to go into work. So they don't want to be stuck at home with flu. So, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it, it's good and it's positive. It's all around positive, I think. Yeah. So just before we move on, any other little tips? I don't know if you're finding it challenging at the moment. Maybe it's just my children. They were so good in the height of COVID and the return to school Obviously, they were wearing their masks, so maybe that was a constant reminder that something was not normal. But the hand hygiene was amazing. The coughing into the elbows was amazing. Now it's well, like... That's all stopped now. We had a full-blown temper tantrum today and the <laughs> snot was flying everywhere. But yeah, no, the, the hand hygiene has kind of gone a little bit by the wayside. So I suppose, you know, one of the really, really easy, simple and cheap ways that people can do to avoid getting... I suppose avoid transmitting any kind of illness and then germs and bugs is the hand hygiene. So the washing hands is really important. So try and encourage the kiddies to do that still. Yeah. And it's it's not an easy battle, but yeah, we'll get there. I'm trying to think, is there anything else, Laura? I think we've covered it all, really. Yeah, no, I do. I think so. And I think it's important that people just realise how easy it is to get it. And, you know, they can go on to the HSE website, the HPSC website, find out all the information. Okay, Laura, so I think it's clear that we are both big advocates for the flu vaccine and anything that helps, especially something so simple and so easy to keep illness out of our homes is very welcome. Where can people check out what you're up to at the moment? The easiest and quickest way is Instagram. I have recently made the, made a little step onto TikTok, dipped my toe in it, although my son is horrified. <laughs> but, you know, needs must. So I'm TikTok Fabulous Pharmacist too, Instagram Fabulous Pharmacist. I do a little bit on Facebook, but it's mainly Instagram. And then obviously on my own podcast, The Lower Down Experience, where I just talk to interesting people yeah. about their lives, their life's history, and maybe any tidbits of information they might have for people too. So I know, well, I know you've done a lot of episodes on and content on various women issues yeah so I would be a big advocate for uh, women's health in general so I you know I'm always talking about menopause and you know things like incontinence and periods and sex and all kinds of things that fall under the female umbrella but often it often like you know overlaps into males as well and um, I love men I live in a household of men I have beautiful brothers and dad and uncles and stuff like that so um, but I would suppose if, if you were to pigeonhole me into one thing that I suppose would be women's health advocate yeah yeah and like look at I I think it's really important because you're chatting about topics that need to be discussed and are maybe I'm gonna say it a bit awkward at times <laughs> yeah who wants to hear about incontinence and you know random things yeah. that people might have as uh, issues with their vagina and their vulva etc so yeah I kind of I'm like an open book I'll talk about anything to the point that I probably embarrass myself but sure listen <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to do someone's it, gotta do it. Someone's gotta do it. <laughs> that's brilliant thank you so much for joining me today thanks, Laura it's yeah, been great to lovely. chat thanks a million
If you enjoy listening to a Wonder Babber podcast, I'd be really grateful if you could follow or subscribe and leave a review. It really helps to support the show. Thank you.